Welcome to the sixth episode of the second series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, we'll be hearing one woman's story about applying consumer psychology to CX, the big turning point moments in life, being part of the early CX revolution and the importance of giving back to our community. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She began her career as a clinical psychologist before switching careers into sales and marketing and holding various senior roles, transforming experiences for Cisco and AT&T. She went on to become the CEO of the CXPA, where she remains Emeritus Chair and is a globally recognized CX consultant and keynote speaker and is founder and CXO of her own company, Experience Catalysts. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Diane Majors. Hey, Diane. Claire, how are you? I am awesome. How are you doing today? <laughs> same, same. Having a wonderful day so far. Whoop, whoop. And whereabouts in the world are you joining me from today? I am in Dallas, Texas. Texas. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. I had a head on the news this morning that's a big debate around the swing of the voting around there. <laughs> There's a huge amount going on here in this state. Yeah, it's um, it's a little crazy. I, I'm not a Texan by, by, by native Texan. I'm not, mm. I didn't grow up here, but boy, I tell you, it's got quite a personality. Yeah, <laughs> it's got yeah. quite a personality. So yeah, lots of independent, strong people, lots of yeah, opinions, lots of family, really yeah, great opinions. place to be. People really have a, a deep love for the country here and a deep mm. love for the outdoors. So yeah. it's great. Oh, yeah, sounds like fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So just to kick off, um, Diane, you and I met um, during lockdown and we had a fantastic conversation and I got to hear your absolutely fascinating backstory. So for the listeners, could you tell them a bit about your journey from clinical psychology into marketing and CX and what you learned along the way? Oh my goodness, that's a that's a wide range of topics, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to share a little bit about um, where I started and how I got where I am, but also a little bit about how it impacted me. Mm. I think one of the things that I want is kind of a key takeaway here is I learned so much about myself, um, and I think knowing yourself and understanding who you are um, and having confidence in that um, is an important thing. So. Here you go. So I, I started, um, I'll go back all the way to high school, actually. Um, and I, I was an exchange student um, in high school. So imagine me, 17 years old. This is quite a long time ago. Um, my parents shipping me off halfway around the world to Australia um, as part of my senior year. And um, for me, a little girl growing up in Kansas was quite a, I didn't have any idea what it was in for. Like I had no fathom of what was happening um, and, and you know, where, where I was going to go, what was going to happen. It just made me think, I was just imagining like a Dorothy moment, like in Australia, a little all wide eyed. <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. <laughs> yes, it was, it was, you know, clicking my heels a few times when I was homesick didn't work, but oh. on the other hand, you know, it's all right. So but, it, but it was, it so was. to do all of that, yes, right? it yeah. was. I, if, my, if my parents were still alive, I would ask them, what, what were you thinking? Like, this is back, this is back before cell phones, right? I had to telegram. Uh, back and forth to that to home but anyway I'm dating myself um so when I came back I decided you know I really enjoyed learning more about human and human behavior I'd always been interested in that so I uh, got my degree in clinical psychology and one of the things a lot of people don't know about me is I specialized in death and dying 
which people who know me kind of go, that is kind of morbid. You know, you're so upbeat and you're so energetic. And what I learned um, as I was going through psychology courses is that um, the, I talked about a lot about to people who were older and, and did a lot of interviewing of people who were obviously terminally ill. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I re- realized was that nobody ever said they wanted to spend more time at work. Mm-hmm. It was all about um, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids, or I wish I really would have attended that one event that I was too busy to go to, or I wish I would have reached out more to the people I really cared about. Um, so it was all about this love and connection for folks and those important moments um, in their careers, in their lives that really meant a lot to them. Mm. And so that reflection was really incredible for me. So while it really wasn't about death and dying, it was more about this end of life and Um, the business of living um, Mm. in what you do and the value that you give and the value that you get, you know? So, Mm. so part of um, the, I guess the overarching theme behind that was um, I really carried that through the rest of what I did. Well, the other part that you wanted to hear about was, okay, so great. You went into (laughs) clinical psychology. Why are you in CX now? I love that Um, though. The business of the business of not of life of living I really that really resonated with me I just got a little chills yeah. thinking about yeah. it. it wasn't about death and dying yeah. it was about the business of living yeah we think about value creation is this new phrase now in, in customer experience and <laughs> yes and and so I think about that and saying you know what value am I creating today not yes. just for myself but the people around me oh, and absolutely. um yeah extraction so if we think about what that does with customers it's all about understanding where are those things giving back people time mm. to spend with their loved ones or um, providing um, more knowledge and, and engagement with them and really helping to, to build who they are. Um, with so you all that the way was on that one. With you all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so that kind of turned into so so that turned into well, well, why are you not in psychology anymore? So I was also working with emotionally disturbed adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, these were tough kids who had been sold into prostitution by their parents, or one one young girl had actually killed both of her parents because of all the abuse she'd gone through. Um, so really horrible situations. And I thought, you know what? I really need a break. I've been in this really heavy piece. I was young. I was 23, 24. Um, and so I uh, left there and I went to work for a friend of mine who started the company in the basement of his house. And I did everything from chief cook to bottle washer, right? <laughs> everything to grow this business. And we sold it later for to a bigger company. But I learned so much about how to build a business and how to build the culture and how to, all, even the tactical things. It's great. That's wonderful. Um, so then I went to work for a CEO of a division of a large corporation who, Claire and people listening, you know, those leaders who are just those icons mm. that have it in their heart and really love what they do. And they love being a part of something that's, you know, that growth and that um, every day they come to work and they're ready for that next adventure. And they're trying to really move themselves and the organization forward. Well, that was him. Um, And he had a huge influence on me. He said, we're going to build this business based on what the customers tell us, and we're going to provide value to them. So I was out talking with customers, doing surveys, you know, paper surveys way back when. um, And we we were kind of bringing that information back and really building things around what the customer needed. So that led into the the corporate company and invited me to come to be part of their transformation effort. So that back then, uh, customer experience wasn't a thing. It was kind of just in its infancy when the CXPA started, when um, all of us were searching out each other and finding those people who are are doing these crazy things like I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So really 
um, love that because it was helping this industry and this profession to really grow. Um, so always for me, Claire was always kind of seeking out where can I find value and be part of something that's bigger, that's really having an impact in people's lives. And um, my, my career just kind of led me down that path. Oh, yeah. I love, I love so that's that. how that's how I got from point A to point B. <laughs> there's, there's so much in there. Um, I loved like hearing you having the dream leader like in CX. It, that is our ambition, isn't it? Someone who connects with the reality of we're doing this for customers. How do we find value for them? How do we listen to them? Is the dream yes. right? So it's yes. great that you got to see that firsthand. But yeah. also thinking about um, kind of like the evolution of CX. So in the UK, I was one of very few females that were kind of, I guess, with with profile in, in our industry. But I always was looking to the women from the US um, because it seemed to be predominantly strong female CX leaders that were um, the ones in the spotlight so are they like all your friends I mean I'm intrigued <laughs> yeah um actually it is I was we were just joking we started a, a little uh, wild women of CX um virtual happy hour um oh. and it's and it's those those women who and you know what you should recognize in yourself for those of you who are listening is um there is definitely a certain type of person who becomes a CX mm -hmm. professional um it requires you to open your arms and your heart wide mm -hmm. to everything that's happening it requires you to be a juggler of many many pieces of knowledge and disciplines mm -hmm. um you have to really know yourself in order mm -hmm. to help other people in the organization see where you're headed um so surrounding yourself with women like that <laughs> doing in these sessions it's incredible we're celebrating each other we're having really deep conversations about things that are happening in our careers and some are veering off into other things they're trying to find other ways to grow too mm -hmm. um, it's been amazing but it, it it truly is part of mm -hmm. how we create a tribe yes. um, around what we're doing and how we're finding those people who are like us and pulling them in yeah. um, so is, that's one thing I'd encourage everybody to do yeah <laughs> yeah find a tribe yeah. and and I think that's you know, the main reason we're doing this podcast and creating the women in CX community is try to help those networks extend beyond who we know um to be able to connect women together all over the world and, and have that experience I, I love wild women of CX this it sounds like a a coven <laughs> uh, it's it's been a, and and you know we just started with having a conversation and um ironically I'll, I'll I'll share this. I hope the ladies who are listening, they'll go, yeah, of course. Um, it took us about three meetings before the whole team said, hey, you know what? We should do something. We should have a, we should write a book or we should do an e-cloud. It's like, you know, leave it. We were just getting together with this stuff and it turned right into action. Yeah. That's, that is a mantra of women in CX, right? We are all about women of action. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's turned yeah. into a little half working, half, you know, being together type. Yeah, yeah but I think you're totally right like we share these characteristics of empathy and openness and connection and communication and action is a huge one absolutely who's, yeah. who's in your crew then I'm intrigued oh um so Annette Franz Nancy Port Jerry O'May Roberto Keith I mean you there's people that you would recognize who do a lot of you know publishing and have been yeah. call ourselves serial CXers people <laughs> we've all been in more than one organization so we've yeah. kind of tried different hats on in different places wow. so 
yeah. what a power list yeah. oh I'm, I'm really happy for you that you've got such a cool crew awesome it's so awesome. so i've taken us a little bit off track there but the next question <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry it's my fault the next question i was going to ask you is about um when, when we had our first conversation you talked to me about having had a swimming pool moment in your life that basically <laughs> everything kind of changed could, could you tell the listeners yeah. a bit about what a swimming the swimming pool moment was what it meant to you and how it affected you going forward <laughs> Oh, that's a great, and you guys can have a visual here, right? So I was working for an organization that was um, very um, logistics organization. So very left brain, very, you know, you had to um, talking about supply chain and trucks and all of that, which totally wasn't my, no my gig, right? But, but I, I love the company and I love what we did and, and building the customer engagement practice there was awesome because we were dealing with a lot of really um, great, great people. We had some wonderful people. Um, at that organization. And when I decided that I was going to leave, I was, I'd been there quite some time and I thought I really need my next chapter. And I was having a, a review with my, my boss at the time. And um, he, he said to me, he said, you know, you get your work done, but you don't stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to really get some things done here. And I'd really like for you to kind of focus on um, these things that we've um, assigned for you to do in the next year. And, you know, I kind of took it as this criticism of, well, you know, I really wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, but I got a great review. So it was like, huh, I'm really kind of curious Jeez. about what happened there. Yeah. Um, and so I decided at that point in time, so several other things had happened and I decided to give my notice. And so I um, quit kind of about a week later, not just because of that, but other things. And I decided that I was going to take a little time. And so my next door neighbor had a pool. And so I asked if I could go over and just kind of hang out, you know, during the day because they were working. And so I spent probably two or three weeks, just an hour or so every day going out and just floating in that pool and thinking about my career and thinking about what I learned about myself um, through my career. I mean, who gets a chance to do that? I highly encourage people to do that. <laughs> and one of the things that really came out was that I was kind of replaying that conversation as we all do in our head. Uh, we replay those a, a lot. And, and typically I would have said it was the same old, okay, ingrain that in my head that I need to focus. And something inside me kind of stirred and I said, you know what? There are people and organizations out there who really want somebody who's gonna helicopter up and try to pull the pieces together. And so for me, it was this validation that we, we shouldn't listen to everything. And when we do, we should process it mm -hmm. and help ourselves understand what those messages really mean. Because sometimes like this one, it was veiled in feedback, mm -hmm. but really was a way for me to open up uh, what one of my strengths really was. So now if you talk to anybody who knows me, they'll be like, oh yeah, she's the connector. She brings everything together. She helicopters up. She's looking for all the puzzle pieces that are missing. I think that's a strength. So sometimes those things that people give you feedback on can be, um, make you stop. They really make you stop. Um, and sometimes weigh you down a little bit. I just encourage everybody to just take those moments to turn it around and see how you can convert that to a strength. Um, mm, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. just imagining now there's probably a lot of women out there because of covid and corona perhaps they do have the time to have these reflections because they might be out of work or looking for something else but I think it's such an important point being able to reflect on who you are and what your strengths are and going out there and finding that role so rather than just trying to fit in with what you're given <laughs> if you have that chance to reflect um you're so much better playing to your strengths right than 
ever trying to work your way or, or, or build yourself around developing your weaknesses I, I don't know. And I don't know why we don't take that time, Claire. I think that's one thing for women, everybody I talk to who, you know, if we take time out of our crazy lives, mm. um, that we always say, oh my gosh, we should do this more often. Mm. Well, that, that is, I, I call it a God thump saying mm. to you, you need to spend more time thinking about who you are and the role that you play. Mm. Um, don't think about the job. Think about the role you want to play in in other people's lives and in the organizations that you're in, that takes it out of it's a job or it's a career or it's a position. Mm -hmm. It's a role and it's got responsibilities mm -hmm. that are yours and yours alone. And knowing yourself can mm -hmm. really help you yeah. um, in achieving and addressing what your role is. I get that. I get that. And what I keep yeah. hearing from our conversation now, and also when I first spoke to you is this kind of a continuous sense of purpose and the desire now to give back um, at your point in your career. That's why you're here on the podcast. You're wanting to share your insights um, with the rest of the yeah. women in CX. Why is it so important to you to keep giving back? I think it goes back to the very first uh, topic that we talked about, because I think as you, as you go through the scars um, in your life and also the celebrations in your life, helping people understand how you got there. And, you know, I guess, I guess it's a little bit of, you know, your kids, you always tell them, you know, if you just knew what I knew at your age, um, but they don't listen. Um, so it's sharing with people, you know, there is a lot of wisdom in people who have been um, through a lot of things in their life. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes we think about the stories and we're like, yeah, that's great for her, but what about me? Mm -hmm. Well, it's more about um, the what happened, but also the why it happened and what do you do about it? Mm -hmm. um, so, and part of that also is, um, I think that in this profession, because it's so new, there's not a lot of people who have, you know, been through the you know, four or five organizations or who have really been able to see this profession in a much bigger picture. And so I think that's part of just one, it's just who I am, if you, if you ask anybody, but mm. two, it's building um, that a little bit of a legacy mm. with folks in their own careers and allowing them to achieve quicker and be stronger and um, know themselves better. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to ask you about being a CEO at the CXPA in a moment. Um, but I think kind of reflecting on what you just said about the group of women that you grew up alongside in customer experience, that the women I'd call the great matriarchs of women in customer experience. <laughs> where, <laughs> what are your views on how CX has evolved and, and where we're heading as a discipline? Oh, you goodness. You know what? I think we're at this precipice of um, it is going to become a little bit of business as usual. Like right. it's no longer, you know, why, but it's how, how fast can we, can we achieve these things in an organization? So I think that the discipline itself, while it's gone through this morphing and kind of gone off track a little bit here and there, I think the basis of that and the heart of what we do is becoming part of where organizations are headed. Um, we see global shifts in this, you know, being more purposeful and sustainable as an organization. Well, all along, that's what we as CX professionals have been telling um, our companies and our brands um, that we really have to think about who we are as a brand, uh, kind of know yourself, I guess, turn that lens right back on the company, know yourself, what you provide to, um, humankind into the world um, and not to be Pollyannish about it, but that's really where things are going to head as we get through the other side of this pandemic. And we really have a different view on life, right? We all have, we've all changed 
internally, I think about how we think about what's valuable to us and our families and uh, what brands will be alongside of us as we make this transition out. And even, even as technology and things continue to change mm -hmm. so drastically, it's, it's who a brand is. And mm -hmm. that's really our role is to help hold up that mirror and help a brand discover mm -hmm. this is who you're seen as, and this is how we're interacting. And this is the value we're providing or, or not mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to people. Mm, yeah, world. yeah, totally with you. Like that kind of values and value-driven future of CX, where one hand we've got like technology accelerating off in one direction, yes. and yes. then this shift in what's happened during the pandemic, getting us to be far more human and connected. We just yeah. have to try and marry that back up together, right? So, <laughs> for me, yeah. Yeah, I've talked about it before on the, on this podcast that like kind of technology is advancing faster than CX as a discipline. Um, but the the opportunities for everyone working in customer experience to help to shape the next generation or next evolution of CX yeah. are huge yeah. because there's it feels like there's like more uncharted territory now to conquer with you know as you say the kind of brand perspective and bringing value and values to life through the experience I think it's really exciting you're so prospects. right <laughs> you're so right um, I, I think you know you you bring you bring something up that I've, I've always um, when I meet CX professionals they're usually so well-rounded and they see the bigger picture um, and I think we're going to have to get a little more specific about growing our skills and technology and data and use of that information and how that does translate into it because in a lot of organizations there's nobody who's really crossing that mm -hmm. left brain right brain and I think for us to be able to take all the technology and this this bigger ecosystem we're, we're in today yeah. to really make things happen we're going to have to get more knowledgeable about about how to do that not just not just digital but more just tech like tech yeah i agree it's, i agree yeah i agree yeah. it's um, coming I, fast yeah i started interviewing um tech company like ceos and uh cx vps uh, from technology companies as a part-time job and i'm learning so yeah. much just by <gasps> spending time with them and and everyone's desire is to marry the human and technology together but like you say like the, the capacity and capability for people who've got the experience to think that way, given it's so new, you know, like 30 years of CX and all these technologies that have literally appeared overnight. Um, but I find that exciting. <laughs> oh, I, I did too. And I think one of the things just, you know, that, that kind of your, one of the key takeaways here is I, I made, I made really close friends with um, three people in my organization, couple, two, the big organizations I've worked in. Um, I, an IT person or a data oh, person, right? So need them. They're friends. Literally, <laughs> really finance being, person. <laughs> yeah, CFO, right? CFO, <laughs> HR, and, um, and and IT. And and when I talked, it was happened to be a woman um, because I thought you know she's gonna she's gonna understand a little bit more. Um, her name was Renee, and she and I really kind of made a pact. We talked a lot about you know I want to learn more about this, and she wanted to learn more about customer experience and. And we said, we really have to walk down the aisle together and show a united front with mm -hmm. the organization. Nice. And so the ability for us to really make those internal commitments to each other and what we're trying to do, yeah. um, I think is important. It's one of the things that I've learned is you've got to be really upfront about mm -hmm. what are we both trying to achieve and how can we help each other to do that? And, and that same thing with the CFO, mm -hmm. um, who, who he was just... Um, really enamored with the fact that he could begin to tie these intangibles he always mm -hmm. thought um, to the financials and make it stronger for for stakeholder and shareholder 
you know, sharing. Um, so that was a give and a take, right? Where mm -hmm. I could help build a business case, um, but he could also take that that goodwill line on the uh, on the PNL chart and really begin to talk about what we were doing uh, from a broader scale. Yeah, so, yeah. It's always I, a give and take. Yeah, yeah. And I think learning those languages that aren't perhaps how CXs were brought up um, to be really kind of pragmatic and able to talk about financials and KPIs. Again, that's yeah. the next big competency that we've got to build, right? We've managed to convince everybody that customers are important and most businesses would now know what customer experience is. <laughs> that was kind of where we were a couple of years ago, right? Now, how do we continue those conversations in languages that resonate with the business to take it beyond that is so important. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit, and I'm just going to be open about it. Everybody who knows me knows I'm a little, you know, opinionated, but uh, um, I, I think we've kind of over-rotated on metrics. Um, you know, mm. we talk about customer satisfaction, we talk about net promoter score, and they have, they have a place. Uh, but one of the things we've done a disservice on is when we're talking about that, our executives are talking about revenue and cost yes and so if we're not talking their language um then they're not going to be listening right it's good yeah. good to know they you know it's nice to have it's great mm -hmm. customers are happy but when we start to talk about the fact that that experience drove revenue um drove cost and quantify that they go oh yeah now i get it yeah <laughs> oh oh hey um let's do more or less of whatever it is we're doing yeah. um so i think we as professionals have to talk i love that you learn that language um that's one of the languages and ironically at the same company i talked about because they were so supply chain logistics driven if you weren't able to tell the business case like take your pack and go home right so so i had to learn that in order to to be to to pitch, I guess, against, yeah. I want to do this project. I've got to be able to talk just like the guy in operations is. Yes. So it came a fast and hard lesson early, but one that's, that's really served me well as we've gone through other yeah. organizations and helped them. Yeah. yeah. And me too. Like I, I spent five years in retail, which is hands down the most commercial operational businesses to be around. And I'd arrived from hospitality where service and customer experience was part of what we did. Whereas yes. in this supermarket retailing, it was more about product and shifting it, putting the beans on the shelves. So, um, but for customers with like digital and online grocery deliveries, it was getting more complicated. But um, that's where I learned to speak those languages because no one cared what I had to say if it wasn't translated in the way that they needed to hear it. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Which I guess leads me into my final question really about um, you spent time as the CEO of the CXPA. Um, so what are your top pieces of advice for building CX, sorry, CX professionals, building their skills? Like kind of, we've talked about a lot of it, I guess, so far. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now into the future with, with everything that's changed, what, what oh will the takeaways be? <laughs> Gosh, I think, I think talking to hundreds, if not thousands of practitioners to be able to boil that down is there, there are so many things as you know in our profession. I think we've talked about them and maybe it's making sure that that hits home. Yeah, um, yeah. Get it. Um, learning um, every part of the organization. So even things that you're not comfortable with like finance or IT, um, our, our role is to be able to marry those up. So I think learning about those other um, organizations and what they do, um, speaking their language. Um, I think it's this persistence um, for the organizational growth. And I don't mean the growth from a finance standpoint. I mean, internal growth, um, turning on those light bulbs 
for everybody in the organization where, as I always say, I go in and ruin people um, to get them to think in a different way about everything that we do as an organization and how it impacts the employee sitting next to you as well as the customer externally. Excuse me, carry on. Bless you, bless you. Corona. Bless you, I think. And then um, don't go it alone. Um, I think a lot of times I, um, I'd say I should start a therapy for CX people, right? If recovering or new, uh, because a lot of times when they call, they just, it seems like everybody's, you know, on an Island. They think, you know, I'm doing this, I'm pushing the rock uphill. I'm learning as I go. It's really tough. Don't go it alone. Um, there are people out there who, um, if they've been around a long time, great. They can give you all kinds of sage advice, but also other people who are new to it, you're all coming at it from a different bent and everybody has their strengths. And if we come together as a village, um, uh, I often say you're not crazy and you're not alone, right? There's other people there and it does take a village to raise customer experience, by the way. Mm -hmm. So find that village, um, reach out to other practitioners. I, I can tell you every single person that I've ever met in CX is more than happy to talk about <laughs> whatever they did um, that worked because they they know repeating it as my floating in the pool is repeating it and talking about it helps you to process um, I'll never forget I had a, a mentee that I was probably I was probably still at my first uh, role in CX and they signed somebody to mentee one of the high potentials in the organization and what was most ironic is that person began to ask me well how did you develop this or what did you think about this or how did you get there it's like I kind of made that up as I went. I really yeah. hadn't, I really hadn't been purposeful about it. You know, back then it was like, I'm going to try you know, these things on. But I think that's what really um, was part of being able to have conversations and mentor is you have to be specific when somebody says, how did you do this? Or why did you do this? That retrospection of going back and saying, yeah, this is what we did. This is why. And hey, that that worked. But you know what? That didn't. And until we have a chance to really go back and have a retrospection, we don't gain those valuable pieces of information and knowledge about what we're doing and why. Yeah, that's brilliant. So it's been wonderful talking to you today. Um, you too, Claire. You're such a super inspiring woman in CX. And from, from me and from all the listeners, thanks so much for coming to keep giving back and sharing so many great lessons with the community on uh, this podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much. And everybody out there, be yourself, learn about yourself, um, grow, grow. That's what it's all about. You yeah. heard it, ladies. <laughs> and thanks to everyone who listened along today. Um, so that's it from us. And take care. See you, Diane. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Women in CX podcast with me, Claire Musket. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a like, subscribe, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more, please join us at womenincx.community and follow the Women in CX page on LinkedIn. Join us again next week where I'll be talking to another inspiring woman in CX about resilience and adaptability, including her own pivot into a fully digital CX business, her views on the future of CX and her advice on how to stay flexible. See you all next week.